The Evolve Network is now live at evolvenetwork.tv. Subscribe for meal plans, recipes, cooking shows, and our very own The Magic Pill and The Magic Plant, as well as access to my favorite documentaries. The Evolve Network is also home to our full library of podcasts, with new release podcasts airing first and in full on the channel. You can also watch selected vodcasts in a video format. Meanwhile, enjoy this highlight of our podcast and head over to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co., established 1977, have personal and domestic water filters, which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting, alkaline, ionized mineral water, which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals, and bacteria, so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Jace, thank you so much for joining us once again. Our third time around the track, mate. Yeah, thanks, Pete. It's um, it is our third time, and I'm looking forward to it. It's um, yeah, it's, it's a great experience. We wanted to talk about solutions today, and I know that uh, a lot of people are. I don't want to say maybe the wrong word is searching for them, but maybe some are grasping for solutions or wanting solutions to be presented to them. And I know that uh, you can talk deep into this for what that means for, for each and every one of us because we are all on our individual paths and our individual journeys. And I've noticed over the last year that uh, one of the big questions I keep asking is, what, is, what are the solutions for this? You know, and we've had uh, many talks about this and you always bring it back to home. So I'm going to hand it over to you and... Uh, let you channel your <laughs> your your wisdom for the listeners and viewers, mate. Over to you, brother. All right, thanks, Pete. Um, I think we all are searching for something, but it um, probably goes back to something that you know we've all heard about, which seems a little bit mystical to some. Is intuition, and uh, intuition has a lot of I would say beliefs and expectations around it. And some even say that intuition is something that we learn. But one thing I've come to understand is intuition is just the direction of our attention and our ability to be able to interpret what is not seen into words that we can start to express 
in body if we choose. So it's um it's interesting to me that you know we, we've come to understand ourselves as very much physical beings, and physical beings uh, supposedly have five senses. I, I was made aware of um, a guy I think by the name of Richard Buck uh, in the late eighteen hundreds uh, was talking about the seven senses in. in one of his uh, speeches, and he, he spoke about them as if they were just normal, natural. It wasn't some new discovery, but he spoke about the seven senses. And it's what um, I'd come to understand prior to that as the noble senses, the uh, imagination and intuition. And for many of us, we, you know, we wait, uh, we, we have these awarenesses, we have these thoughts, we have these ideas that come to us, but it's generally directed by and stimulated by pain what we feel and, and to me you know this is a the opposition of what intuition really is what we feel is what we've come to interpret through our physical senses and our physical senses to me are the lower levels of our consciousness it's um our ability to be able to use our intuition to be able to seek what we're what we're looking for to be able to understand that being most important but that really requires us to be able to navigate what it is that exists within us because for many of us we're seeking things that exist outside and outside of us is everything that is not intuitive it, it may lead us to a, a space that we want to look at internally and for some of us that's only directed by great amounts of pain and frustration and, and often overwhelm and, and yes we, we can be intuitive in those moments but the thing is it's the direction of our attention when we are looking for reasons why we're in pain, we'll find the reasons why we're in pain and we'll confirm and we'll justify that to ourselves. But to start to look for a way forward, to start to really create, for me, that's what solutions are all about. And when I say create, it's not about getting some nice colors and putting them on a canvas. Creating is something that has never existed before. And to me, this is the very marriage of, of fear. And fear itself, you know, there's a lot of you know, colloquial terms and, and quotes that people stop at in this, you know, nice feeling of what fear may be. But but ultimately, for me, fear is is about the unknown. It's the unfamiliar. It's about being able to step in into step into and embrace that. For many of us, we, we'd like to be able to do that. We'd like to be able to liberate ourselves from fear. But that requires us to understand the aspects that we have within us, not the ones that we learn, but the ones that are inherent within us. And, and I would say imagination and intuition are the, you know, they're, they're the hierarchical highest point uh, of our consciousness and our awareness if we understand how to use it. So for me, solutions, what we're all looking for, it's not so much what we find, it's about understanding the tools that we are gifted with and how to use them towards creating something that is aligned with our own soul. And when I say soul, I don't mean S-O-U-L, I mean S-O-L, as it truly is represented. It's the sun, the light that is within us. And for us to be able to, to recognize that wisdom and move away from the physical but go into the energetic awareness, I mean, for me, just as a quick sidestep is, for me, physical has feelings. And for many of us, we hear people talk about, well, I, it didn't feel right, so I didn't do it. You know, I had a feeling in my gut. But, but these are quite, you know, base level interactions with our own self. It's a feeling that we can interpret depending upon 
again, a confusion of how we're feeling at that time, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing or whether we should do it or not do it. Our capacity to tap, to tap into our awareness, which is what is existing in the moment, is our ability to be able to navigate that by determining something that we haven't yet experienced. It, it is stepping into that light that we are able to embrace beyond what we can see. So for me, solutions are, are not something that we discuss. It's something that we discover when we choose to become in alignment with our own self. And once we choose to do that and have the courage to do that, it, it's, for me, embracing only what we are aware of, what no one else can see, and then having the courage to be able to express that in such a way that other people can come to understand it. So I, I think solutions um, you know, are great, but solutions can only, in my experience, be manifested or, or brought to life when we understand them. And when we understand them is when we're taking complete responsibility, embodying them with the capacity to be able to let them go. The problem with solutions all the time is people have them, but they want to hold on the very nature of holding on to something is to recognize that we don't have freedom in that space. We are then reliant upon something else bringing it into our life rather than us creating it. Give us some examples. <laughs> well, <clears throat> to create for me is we, we've got it in our, in our physical capacity. We, I would say our physical body is like a significantly large hard drive. It holds on to all the information and knowledge we have received. When we don't let that go or when we don't express it, because we hold it in, we have a great and an amazing insight and awareness. But the experience for most of us is when we have this inspired moment and, and we feel good, we feel alive, we, we invoke this energy within us to start moving forward. But what immediately we become aware of is all the reasons why it won't work, all the problems, all the hurdles that stand in front of it. We become dynamically and immediately aware of the last time we tried to do this, like maybe such things as partnerships. You know, we've all had experiences with them, whether they're, you know, business related or they're intimate or whatever they may be. When we look to go into another partnership, we become immediately aware of the ones that we've been through before that didn't serve us. So it's to understand when we start to move forward, and, and this comes from a, a courageous and base level understanding that everything exists to support us. If we have a base level understanding that everything is in opposition to us, that everything there is to challenge us, that everything is there to fight us, that everything is there is conspiring because it has its own intentions to control us, we'll continue to keep believing that things are there to fight against us. So. When we have this momentary inspiration of what we're going to bring forward and what we're going to create, it is immediately followed in the supporting progress of bringing forward all the things that we now need to address in order to manifest and bring forward that inspiration. So if we're looking to create something larger than ourselves, and previously we tried to bring people together, and in that prior experience, that hasn't worked out and people just haven't got it, people don't understand it. We can look at that and use that as the point of reference or the as the truth, or we can recognize at that particular point, we just didn't have the understanding. We didn't communicate. We didn't do it to such a point where other people understood what we were saying. 
Because whilst people don't understand what we're saying, they'll maintain a level of opposition. And opposition is healthy as long as it's moving towards understanding. But whilst we maintain this expectation and this experience of opposition that people just don't get me, they don't understand me, we'll continue to keep presenting things in such a way that will not be understood. So to create, we, we must realize that we need to then forego or let go of those things that were once valuable to us. So to find a solution in, in any area of our life, it requires us to let go. Because to let go is a confirmation that we recognize that we have access to it all of the time. We hold on to the things that we don't understand. We hold on to the things we don't know how we created. And this may be in, you know, particular experiences of relationships where I'm never going to go into a relationship with this type of person again. And we start to identify that and we start to become restricted by those limitations or by those previous experiences. So to create is really, for me, all about letting go. And, you know, we've spoken about this quite a bit before around freedom. And it's, it's interesting to me what's going on, you know, quite consistently is people are looking for freedom by trying to lobby certain entities or organisations that cannot give them what they require. Uh, I mean, the, the common one at the moment is the government or governments around the world perceivably taking away rights of individuals. But without the individual actually recognizing they consented to that in the first place. And if you're lobbying someone to receive your freedoms back, you know, we, we see this consistently it's happening a lot around the world. There's a lot of great people getting together and courageous people getting together to, to form marches, to form organizations. But ultimately, they're doing it from a point of opposing something else. And this is why I've never seen a freedom movement actually have ultimate success. And, and the truth of what I mean by ultimate success is that people are still fighting for their freedom. There isn't an example of how people can do that. So when we get a great amount of momentum towards a particular outcome, which requires someone else or some other organization to be liberated, is all that oppositionary organization needs to do is to step back, is to acquiesce in some small part. And ultimately that freedom movement stops because they believe they've achieved what they've wanted, but ultimately they still haven't liberated themselves. Ultimately they're still providing a reliance upon this false power. And I would say in that, that our freedom is only one thing, it's our relationship with our own power. And when we can't understand that, when we can't navigate that, we then place that responsibility on some determined or created fictional power that exists outside of our own self. So I don't know if that gives you a specific example, but I'm more so talking into as an individual, we are the only ones that determine our freedom. Our freedom is demonstrated by the way we express ourselves and our ability to let go of what we once knew in order to understand what we now are. So uh, I would say that's, I don't know if that's an, as I said, I'm not sure if it's a, a specific example that someone can take away and go, I, I get that. But there is, um, 
yeah, it's all about the, for me, it's all about the relationship that we have to our own power. And when we are unable to do that, we start blaming others and expecting them to change in order so we can be free. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll give you two small examples over the last 24 hours. So I walked into a health food shop yesterday and within three or four minutes, I had three different women come up to me. They were, they were women because they were, they were shopping and they, they were so, sort of shocked that they saw me in there and they weren't together. They were individual and, and met the first one. She goes, I'll oh, keep doing what you're doing. You know, you, you got a lot of support. Second one, pretty much the same thing. And then the third one, pretty much the same thing. And I thanked them for their kind words. And, and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm actually going to take a step back for a while. And, and I could see the, the, the mechanisms going around into what I just said to them. And it was interesting because I was just observing. And I, then I came home and I hopped onto Telegram, social media for one of the posts because I haven't posted anything controversial for a few days. And the first comment I read was somebody that said, basically, why the fuck weren't you at the march today? You've gone quiet. We need you more than ever now. And you're a fucking sellout. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, this is interesting. The energy that uh, I just experienced within a matter of an hour, you know, praise, adulation and support and then attack and feeling like that I've let the team down, so to speak. So I sat with that and observed how that all of that was, you know, the, the, the two polarities, so to speak. And I've had this recently over uh, this year. I'm noticing the polarities that I perceive people to have about myself and perhaps I have those polarities myself which is why I'm attracted to them. And it was really interesting because I'm like, whoa, this is, this is what we're in at the moment. It feels like this is what we're in. Everybody's sort of not sure of whether to fight, whether to wait for somebody else to do it for them. And, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but I'm just relaying mm. uh, my observation. I going to say, I think I'd say that that's perfect because – it's the extremes of the polarities that when they're integrated give us a greater amount of power so the scope or the space between those polarities that we're able to embody is what allows us to have power when we have small polarities and we embrace them we have small power so when we are allowing ourselves as an individual to see that the capacity that we have to experience and then also embrace you know that the distance between those polarities and the speed at which which I would say, in my determination, what consciousness is, it's the speed at which we take action. Consciousness to me is not some ethereal experience, but the speed at which we can act on the distance of those polarities allows us to have power to create. Now, for many of us, when we become um, distracted, when we become restricted, when we become stuck, is when we're accepting a polarity that might be on a positive 10 on one side, but we're only able to accept the negative three on the other. And we become stuck because there is not a meeting of those polarities that creates power to move forward. What we have to do is then we have to dissolve that positive 10 down to the three, and then we start to lose the power that we have, and we accept a lesser adulation to meet the lower level of embracing on the negative side. And I would say what you've got there is, and 
the challenge that comes at times in accepting both of those extremes of polarity is recognizing our own significance. And like you said, in, in moments of, you know, I'm feeling to step back. I mean, there's a real courage that exists in our own life to start putting time into ourselves because when we're unable to direct ourselves authentically in a way that we choose, it's sometimes difficult to stop and say, well, I need to give myself some time. I need to give myself more so than time. I need to give myself space because for that, it allows me to correct and see my own truth. And I would suggest for most of us in what this sort of synthetic type reality that most of us are buying into, and what I mean by that is the one that exists outside of ourselves, is that we are very much attracted to the light, you know, to the positive, to, to the uh, to, to the, to the niceties of life. But very little growth will be found there because the light is what we've seen. The light is what we've experienced. The light's what we've already done. And it's a continuation of our own knowledge and previous experience. But our ability to step into the darkness and receive it as equally as we would, the greatest celebration of our life, is what allows us to move forward. And that, that's just been my experience. And it's not my experience personally within myself because I have all my own challenges, but it's something that I've seen demonstrated in people that have much greater courage than me to be able to move through things that they don't want to look at, that they can't see, those triggers that, that you're not a good person or that you're weak or that you're insecure. You know, this is, this is where most of us get stuck because of our inability to embrace that side. But where you're getting, like what you said, adulation on one side, and then the same degree of, you know, judgment. Well, I mean, I suppose it's a negative judgment because there's judgment on either side, but is what allows you to have power within yourself. It, it then comes down to, from a point of creation, what you choose to do with that. And, and that's, I think, the, uh, the biggest thing for all of us is I have a vision, I have an awareness, and I have an understanding, and I'm now going to step out to create that. For, but in many times we take those initial steps because we haven't done that before. It might not work out just as we saw it. It might be a little bit more prickly than what we first thought. But it's our ability to keep moving through them, which allows us to eventually find alignment with other people that want to create something of significance. But we first have to embody that within our own self. We have to let go of what we thought may have occurred or what we think may be the best part. And we need to come into the present moment and look at the awareness. And, and what I mean by that is continuing to ask questions, continuing to stay in the conversation long enough is what determines our courage, is what determines what we can create. But for many of us, we step out of the conversation when it starts to get a little bit difficult, when it starts to get a little bit challenging. But that's the opportunity to navigate that particular darkness. And that's where we find difference. We're not going to find difference in the light. We're going to find comfort and familiarity because that's where we've been. And this is, you know, without stepping down a different pathway, it's a lot of the new age thoughts that we have that there's an awakening that's going on at the moment. I don't buy into or subscribe into that at any particular point in time. I don't believe that at this particular stage of life, that we're any more awoken or enlightened than what we were previously. I think it might quite often be the opposite. And that's why people are fighting for their freedom because they've dug themselves into such a hole to realize what they don't have. We wouldn't be fighting for freedom. People wouldn't be requiring freedom if they didn't already have it. But that, that comes down to, as you say, stepping back and identifying, well, what is freedom for me? 
when I become so absent from that and it becomes determined by what other people, you will be own nothing and you'll be happy. You know, these types of ideas that some people eventually go, well, yeah, I suppose I can live with that. I suppose I can accept that. But, you know, we've got to determine that ourselves. I mean, in freedom in a large part is self-determination, not falling into the societal or the collective ways, but to determine our own. Whilst we also equally accept that other people have their own. Mm. Yeah, I met a fellow this morning that uh, is a mate of mine, and we we he was actually a brilliant body worker, and he was uh, getting stuck into my psoas muscles or psoas and my subscaps in here. It's a it's a true true uh, honor to have somebody dig deep into those parts of your body if you've never had it done before. If you want to surrender to some pain, then get uh, get somebody to to go deep into those parts. And <laughs> and, and he, he went to the, the one of the, the marches yesterday or the rallies in Sydney. And I said, how was it, mate? Yeah, and he's he's a very outspoken person. He embodies that that fuck it. I'm fighting for 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 this. And I said, How was how was the rally yesterday? And he says, you know, I, I was a little disappointed by the turnout. There was only a few thousand people there, four, maybe five thousand people. He goes, oh, I thought we were, I thought we were gonna get to the mass, you know, by having enough people there that was more than that this time. Because it sounds like there was less there this time than the one that I spoke at a couple of months ago. Um and I, I know we've had a, a conversation about this and, and why those things may not be the smartest endeavours to attend. Take us through that. I know you touched on it before, but identify what are the positives or negatives if you actually use those terminologies about a march, a rally, where has it worked in the past and will it work again in the future? Or is, do we need to create something new moving forward? Yeah, I think we need to create something new all the time. And that, that's part of the challenge because we become attached to what we know rather than creating what's new. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of rallies. Um, I believe, and I was at one yesterday where you know, some gifted people spoke about some interesting information, but the question is what happens beyond that? And, you know, do, do, we, do we elevate uh, a community or a society by providing them with information that they haven't yet asked for, that they haven't yet requested in order to action? Because when we take on more information and it only adds to the other information that we haven't acted upon. And uh, a good friend of yours and someone I've spoken to a bit recently, you know, gave me this saying that a solution provided without elevation ultimately becomes the problem. And Can you say that again? <laughs> say that one again. I like that. <laughs> I, I like that. Uh, I want you to say it again, but, I, but I'm also trying to think of who would have said it, and I'm, I'm thinking it's probably... Uh, Daniel, the guy, the guy that lives on the Gold Coast. Oh, yeah, the so, waterman. Uh, the waterman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, a, a, and, and I loved it. And he said, a, "A solution without elevation of awareness ultimately becomes the problem." 
So if people don't understand how to action great inspirations and ideas, but because ultimately they're not actually bringing themselves or qualifying themselves forward by asking a question or being ready and wanting to ask. And I, and I think for many of us, the, the challenges at the moment, like these people that said to you, come on, you've got to get out there. You know, you've sold out. You're not there for us anymore. It's when people are saying that is it, it demonstrates within their own self what they've given away or what they've taken on or what they've aspired to that's someone else can do for them that they can't do for themselves. But are we providing any service to someone when we see someone in suffering, when we see someone in pain, that we give advice that has not been requested? All we're doing ultimately is burdening them, burdening them with more energy and, and ultimately information that they can't act on. And are we liberating or freeing them? Are we liberating them or freeing them more by leaving them to sit in their own mud? And for them to actually choose, this is the time for me to get out because Someone who doesn't actually want to hear what you've got to say, no matter how wise or solution-based it may be, is not going to act upon it and eventually becomes a burden and that solution becomes a problem. And ultimately, it causes them to judge themselves. It forms this big stick that they keep beating themselves with each and every day and they, they sit in you know moments of affirmation that I'm a great person, but they still have this baggage that they're carrying because they continue to keep adopting and acquiring information without the equal measures of action. So when we choose to take action in our own life, we make decisions. And when we make decisions, the very nature of a decision is not something we're moving towards. It's what we're cutting away from within our life. It's all of the information we've, we've become present to. We make a decision. It's now the choice to let go of the things that we have learned or the scaffolding that we're now standing upon that we're now gonna push away because we're gonna head in this particular direction even though we're aware of or being told or taught these many different things, it's now our choice on how we culminate everything that we have learned. In order to take a particular pathway forward, we have to choose to let go. We have to choose to cut away. And for, for many people, um, there's a certain comfort that may come in getting together with them. I really hope you enjoyed the first half of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit evolvenetwork.tv. That's evolvenetwork.tv. We'll see you there. The information, views and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional, medical or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.